Space, the nerdiest frontier. This is the content warning of the USS Word Balloons. Our continuing mission to solve every nerdy question and talk about penises more than you really think we probably should. Just your fair warning, as again, the aforementioned penises, plus we will swear, and who even knows, the questions have taken me in research directions I never expected. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to Utopia Planitia to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Did Tuvix deserve to die? I, I got nothing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know. Because you don't... I, I don't think you've ever seen Star Trek Voyager. Okay, so I guess the one question I had is, like, why in my... Pop culture nerd osmosis, do I recognize the name Tuvix, even though I have no idea who it is? Two reasons. One, I'm pretty sure we've brought this up before on this show. Okay. In our War Crimes episode. Oh, and okay. two, this is, like, the most hotly debated question in Star Trek fandom. Like, you know, people like to portray it as, like, who's better, Kirk or Picard? And we're all like, no, nah, that's boring, whatever. What about the Tuvix question? So, real quick, Tuvix is played by actor Tom Wright, which is important to mention because he's just fucking fantastic at it. Now, the basics of this story, and I think what this question means to ask is, did Janeway make the right call about Tuvix, as opposed to, did Tuvix deserve to die? Tuvix did not deserve to die. Whether there was the right call or not is a much broader question. So, thanks to transporter shenanigans, two characters from the crew of Voyager, Neelix and Lieutenant Tuvok, and an orchid, are all merged into a single, unique being under the name of Tuvix. Tuvix being Tuvok and Neelix. He originally tried for Nevok and went, no, that's not good. We'll go with Tuvix. <laughs> the reason I bring up Tom Wright in this is I think it's really important to portray him as his own unique character to have a unique actor as opposed to using Tim Russ or Ethan Phillips because then it would have been like, you know, if Ethan Phillips plays him, it's going to be Neelix with some Tuvok aspects. Or Tim Russ, it's going to be Tuvok with some Neelix in him. Tom Wright plays him as a completely unique character and because it's a different actor... It's it just the blend is a lot better because Tuvok and Neil, or Tuvix is a complete blend of these two very separate characters. Tuvok is a Vulcan security officer. Neelix is a non-Starfleet cook slash pain in the ass. Over-emotional pain in the ass. I actually really like Neelix by the end of the series, but he's, you know, the this is not Star... I'm not Starfleet. We're not in the Starfleet quadrant because Voyager is about a ship that gets thrown way the fuck out there. And has to make mm-hmm. its way back. The thing is, if they had immediately been able to reverse the transporter accident and bring the two of them back, it might not have been a big deal. But a, I believe a few weeks, but a, a longer period of time happens where Tuvix exists as Tuvix. Serving as security chief, uh, helping out, d- developing his own friendships and his own relationships. But eventually, the Doctor finds a way, because no one even thought about, like, oh fuck, he's becoming his own person. Hey, good news, we have a way to reverse this and bring Tuvok and Neelix back. And everyone's like, yeah! Except for Tuvix, who doesn't want to die. Because to bring him back, 
To bring the other two back, he has to die. The unique character that is Tuvix will no longer exist. So it becomes the moral question. Do you kill this person to save these other two people? And Tuvix makes it very fucking clear that they will be killing him if he do if they do this. This is not just whatever. This is not just undoing it. This is, you will kill me to save Tuvok and Neelix. Uh, and it becomes a uh, ethical question of do do we do this? What do we do? Janeway eventually decides uh, that she has to act in the best consideration of the two people in this question that cannot speak for themselves, Neelix and Tuvok, who... So she has to think of their best needs, and, and this is very cold and clinical, but I don't think it's entirely wrong, what is more useful for Voyager? These two people with their own skill sets, or a one person that has kind of both of their skill sets, but is, you know, still one person versus two? Because... It's, they're 75 years from Federation space at top warp. They can't just bring on another person to take over the position. Now, I... Th that, I that changes it. Okay. That is my least favorite argument, but I do think it is important to bring up in this. And the whole point of this is that there is a no... This is a true no-win scenario. This is not Kirk altering the Kobayashi Maru to find an answer that so they can win. It's... I have to make a choice, and no matter what, someone will die. Now, the doctor refuses. Uh, actually, they... Oh, real quick before I get to that. They have to take him by security guard to the uh, to the hospital to do this, because he Oof. refuses. He tries to flee the bridge. And there's a great line that I want to read, because he does... He's very kind, and he has this great, really heart-wrenching bit where he's, like, trying to recruit other people to, like, speak for him. Commander, are you going to uh, stand by and do nothing while she commits murder? Mr. Ayala. Yes, Lieutenant Paris, you. Doesn't anyone see that this is wrong? And, like, he's being held by security guards while that happens. And Janeway's like, let him go. Like, don't. We're not going to drag him kicking and screaming. But we are going to take him to go do this. He goes, each of you is going to have to live with this. And I'm sorry for that. For you are all good, good people. My colleagues. My friends. I forgive you. It's a fucking mind warp. And he he's taken to, to, to sickbay, and the doctor refuses to do it. He will not do this procedure against a sentient person's will. So Janeway has to do it herself. And she's straight up killing this guy. This is a death penalty. This is, it's not corporal punishment because it's, you know, not, but it's the, the trolley equation. She pulls the lever so one person dies and not the other, like, three people. Two people in this case. And a plan, but no one gives a shit about the orchid. So, okay, first off, who asked this question? Because fuck you for trying to make us answer, like, the most hotly debated question in Star Trek history. I think Beth Whipperman, who answered... Damn it, Beth. She, Beth sends us a lot Beth, of Star I love Trek you. questions. Damn it, Beth. she got real into Star Trek a couple years ago, and she knows me. Beth, um, you're great, but damn oh. it. Next off... Shit changed halfway through when you explained, like, what the situation for the ship was. Because then it started to make me think, there's there's something very similar that happens in Battlestar Galactica, which is something I do know something about, but... Now, I will say, Picard would not have made the choice Janeway made. Because, I mean, he's active... Janeway is actively overriding the will of a living person. So I would say, if they weren't 75 years from Federation space and not being able to just bring on a new crew member, mm -hmm. like, no, I'm sorry, nobody exists on purpose, and, like, when you sign on to, to be in this job, like, you, like, everyone knows red shirts, like, 
people fucking die. Now, I will say... Like, people I've get crushed by rock monsters. Tuvix didn't sign on, though! That, that's the thing. Tuvix didn't sign on. Those others two signed on. They are no longer with us. That needs to be just treated as fucking death. death. Tuvix was given the rank of lieutenant and served with them by his own choice. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Whatever. Well, then Tuvix fucked himself there. Oh, Sorry, no. I'm going to earn Steven here. I, I just got back from Quarks with your wings, Tyler. Yeah. And I just was in awe of this conversation and just had to just, like, listen. So, no. What the fuck? There are people who will argue to the end that Janeway is a murderer who deserves no respect as a captain because of this, and other people who will argue endlessly that she had to decide to save two people at the cost of one person's life. Oh, I don't there- think they're, like... Anyone who says there is a definitive right answer to this, I think they're wrong. Yeah, no. She made the decision because it's her responsibility as captain in this scenario. Now, that said, there's a whole lot of bodily autonomy arguments here that, like, I could not make the decision Janeway made. I can't say that she made a completely immoral decision. Oh, morally speaking, I think she made a wrong decision. But, morally speaking, I don't think there is a right decision either way. Mm -hmm, I think within the regards of Starfleet and her command and all of the other people that she has to take care of, she made the only choice she could. The weakness of that argument is Voyager is not wonderful at, like, they kill off smaller characters at a relatively alarming rate and it never becomes a problem that they, like... Mm. But, I mean, it is an ongoing thing if you right. actually look at it. And that was just really limitations of what they could do with the format that they had. Right. See, that's it. In the situation they're in, I don't like it, but I understand it. Like, I'm not going to find extra fault with Janeway, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Otherwise, yeah, like, no, I'm sorry. That's fucked up. You have to treat those as deaths. You move on. You have a new creature. Sorry. You don't get to turn back time. Yeah. Because that, that's all that is. That's a, that's a cheap way to try to turn back time and try to treat this this new being like it never existed and that's pretty fucked yeah i've heard but when you have to ta- but when to you abortion have... but i actually think it's a really terrible abortion no that's comparison. what it made me think of though what it, it does it just doesn't work very well the moment i feel like they may have started to try it. and talk about it or like that may be what like the, the concept started from and then it just kind of grew into something what's wild different this was originally supposed to be a light-hearted goofy episode of like hey these two polar opposites who, like, his Neelix is, as I said, super emotional. He's the cook. He's the, like, morale officer that he assigns himself that role without asking. Huh. Uh, just decide to make everyone happy. And the Vulcan security guy, who Neelix desperately wants to be besties with. So it's a real um, odd couple situation. Yes, and it was supposed to be like, these two emerge together, and let's look at the weird result. And then as it went... From what, at least from what I understand, it became like, oh fuck, <laughs> so, it's time for Star Trek moral quandary time. Just out of curiosity, and because I'm, I kind of missed it a little bit. This all takes place in one episode. One episode. Two Vix. Also, there's the incredibly awkward bit that Neelix was dating a woman named Kess. Now, we're not going to go into the whole why Neelix dating Kess is problematic in its own. It, she's a species that only lives for seven years. Ooh. So, hmm. I mean, she's a full-grown adult, but she's also four. But, I mean, it, but because... But yes, t- time this is, yeah. The scene. whole thing is really weird. We can de- delve into that on another question. I have bigger questions for the person writing that than I do for the scenario I itself. see how it was interesting. I also see how it really quickly went. 
fuck. <laughs> like, that's not what I was... But, anyways... I hope it went that way. <laughs> it definitively okay. went that way. Good. Uh, like, let's try something different. Like, okay, what, what would life be for someone who doesn't live that long? And then being like, oh, there's some aspects we didn't think about. But, anyways, not what I was going to say. She's dating Neelix, and because she has latent telepathic powers, and so do Vulcans, Tuvok is kind of her, like, mentor. So she's really torn up about this, because usually, say Neelix died, she'd go to Tuvok. Tuvok died, Neelix would be the one there to support her. She lost both, both. of them. Also, Tuvix is still in love with her in the same way that Neelix was and wants to pursue a relationship with her. Now, she's he's respectful of her. I will definitely say this in Tuvix's favor. He admits that he's in love with her. He understands that basically, in, in some way, you were in love with my dad. He openly calls them, uh, Tuvok and Neelix, his parents, which is part of where the abortion thing comes from. But, like, he's respectful of the fact that she's in love with Neelix, and he is not Neelix, even if Neelix is in some way alive in him. But then when he's requested to do this procedure and he first denies, he he goes to Kess to ask her, talk to the captain, save my life. Hey. And poor Kess, who again is four. I mean, she's early mm-hmm. 20s, but she's four. But still early 20s. Yeah. That's a fucking ask. Raised in a very sheltered world, yada, yada. No, it's problematic. That's a but it's double ask. Uh, has to go and she's like, I don't want me, or I don't want Tuvix to die. I like him. I was even starting to consider a relationship with him. But I fucking want like the two most important people in my world back. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm a bad person for saying this, but I want these, like, the whole episode is just designed to kick you in the nuts repeatedly. Yeah, no, wanting lost loved ones back is completely relatable and understandable. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's a poorly put together episode. I think it's one of Voyager's, like, finest hours, but I can see why some people have issues. Because it's condensed to a single episode, you don't have much time to do all of this. Yeah, I for sure. Right, this sounds like a good minutes. half season to me. <laughs> yeah, like, right. In like, modern storytelling, this. this would be a ongoing whole season story. In modern storytelling, I don't think they would have ended in the same way though, because they would have had to put a whole season into this. People would have bonded too hard with Tuvix, and admittedly, part of the reason this didn't work out, like there was no way that it was ever going to end up with Tuvix stays, is because fucking contracts. Right. We're half, we're, we're like partway through season two of Voyager. We have season three confirmed already. We are not firing Tim Ross and Ethan Phillips to bring on Tom Wright. Even though it probably would have said, no, I fucking love Tim Ross. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can see how that's a tough one. In those situations though, like I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to find any extra fault with Janeway. I could not have made that decision. For the argument of bodily autonomy, I have to argue that it is the wrong call. For the wildly complicated circumstances that I will never once in my life have to think about, it's hard to argue against what they're saying. I still couldn't make that decision. Especially considering that the fucking doctor wasn't doing it, man. If the doctor's not willing to fucking do the procedure, I'm out. Yeah. That's also rough. I was like, oh, I was about to do it, but then the doctor said, no, man, I can't, sorry. (laughs) The doctor has a very interesting view on reality, too, because he's a hologram. Wait, what the fuck? The doctor is the EMH, he's just known as the doctor in that, is the emergency medical hologram. Basically, it was a new aspect on Voyager that if if the uh, sickbay was ever getting too overwhelmed, you could activate the emergency medical hologram. He can't leave the sickbay. They find a way to fix that in season three. And he can, like, come help you out. He's got every medical book, every medical ethics thing downloaded into his brain, and he can short-term help you out with whatever medical emergency you have going on. 
But when Voyager was thrown to the far side of the galaxy, his, their uh, medical officer was killed. Like, their whole medical crew, they didn't even have a full medical staff because it was supposed to be, like, a short mission. So Just he was all they had. Quick lap around the moon or something. Yeah, go pick up Tuvok from Mucky. It did no time. But they, he's all they have. So he kind of becomes the Data character or the Spock character because he goes from, like, I exist to fix this immediate problem to I am now the chief medical officer on board and I have been on long enough that I have started to develop definitive personality and, you know, like, fuck, I gotta watch Voyager. <laughs> the first few seasons are kind of rough, but they have some really good stuff in them and Jesus Christ, they make some good I mean, that, interesting choices. That's Star Trek on the whole for me and that, like, they're, it's, it's fucking episodic shows. They're, some it of them falls are falls into season four is when it really takes off, but it's never as rough as season one of Star Trek Next Gen was which again still okay. has some fucking gems in it but is um, written by Gene Roddenberry and I made fun of George Lucas last episode I'm gonna make fun of Gene this episode neither one of them are great writers wonderful idea man yeah damn this is rough sorry and this it, I'm not gonna go too far into it we can find some way to bring it up some other place some other time but with the sort of weird abortion themes it's making me think of the Battlestar episode that way more closely deals with that where they end up having to illegalize it for purely pragmatic means since humanity's down to like 30,000 people and are literally on the run at all times. Ugh. Yeah, I... I hate that, but I also... There is an Enterprise episode where... Couldn't some, fathom that situation, personally. Right. Someone gets injured, and for some reason, the only way... And I haven't, I haven't seen this episode, but it was like 10 years ago. The only way they can, like, fix him is they grow a clone of him to harvest whatever DNA shit he mm. needed. But then there's like, we just grew a clone of Trip. Right. Um, he's super aware... The clone is? Yes, like, he's a full-on clone. This is not a brain-dead body. It's... Well, make him brain-dead and put Trip in this guy. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly... Split the, the difference. The, the mistake that they made was, like... Not making, making a clone too good of a clone. And I don't remember. I think there's a reason why, but, like, mm. it, it's just... Quit making such good clones. The act, or the writer of that or script definitely was like, I need to watch Tuvix, and I need to make sure that I am not just copying Tuvix while having a similar moral quandary going down. Yeah, that's rough. I'm still thinking about this. I don't like any of the options. I have been thinking about this question for like 15 years now. Uh, uh, there's an even worse option that I just came up with. Kill them both. No, you just killed two Vicks. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to Just kill <laughs> yeah. them all. Kill all three. Well, solved that. Who now wants we have to be no security cook. chief now? <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... Harry Kim, you finally have a job on board. <laughs> uh, well, uh... <laughs> Transition, Tyler, you can do this. In order to keep our now slightly depressing journey Super going... depressing journey. <laughs> we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep with this expedition's theme of starships. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on the Botany Bay? The Botany Bay? The bot... We must go, sir! So, the Botany Bay is a sleeper ship that was the possession of one Khan Noonien Singh. In the late 20th century, I think technically the 90s. Yep. Because... You know, Star Trek came out in 1965 or fucking whatever. Like, this is season one original Star Trek. Khan Noonien Singh, a genetic evolution, or a, a genetic experimentation on mankind to create basically what they call the eugenics. Um, takes Augments. 
Augments, thank you, takes over most of the world in what's known as the Eugenics War, which is the part I got myself confused on. However, he is eventually defeated and the surviving Augments flee on the Botany Bay, which is a sleeper ship. It, uh, it doesn't have warp drive, but everyone goes into stasis. Put themselves into stasis, launch themselves into the fucking universe. Because they'll be killed if they stay on Earth. Centuries later, the 23rd century from the late 20th century, Kirk finds them on the USS Enterprise, goes to the USS Botany Bay, revives them, Khan tries to take over, gets banned to SETI Alpha 5 as a result. In the Kelvin timeline, which is the timeline of the new movies, the one with um, Chris Pine playing yeah. Kirk. Zachary Quinto. Quinto. As my third favorite Spock. And my least favorite Spock, but... He does he, a fucking phenomenal yeah, job. He's still Someone fantastic. just has to be the bad, like the bad one. Yeah, he. If you have a list of three, or not the bad one, the least good one. He yeah, like, there, you, and you're ranking it. There's going to be a bottom, which is why I call him my third favorite Spock out of three. <laughs> like he's fucking kills it. But in that timeline, things are changed thanks to various time travel shenanigans that happen. Starfleet starts expanding faster, and a different ship controlled by Section Thirty One, which is basically the unacknowledged. Black Ops CIA, like super corrupt CIA of the Federation, you know, so CIA, finds him first, finds the Botany Bay first, which leads to Star Trek Into Darkness because they activate or reawaken Khan and make him an agent, which goes fucking terribly. I thought that was John Harrison. God damn it. They made it such ever when uh, <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness announced that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be cast. Everyone's like, so he's playing Khan, right? And they're like, no. No. He's playing John Harrison. Everyone's like, so it's Khan, right? Except for one weird subset that was determined that he was a young version of Picard who traveled back in the past to continue the weird time travel shenanigans. No, well, it's fine. Wow. It was a terrible plan that, like, there, there's always one part of Reddit that makes the worst possible choice with the worst. And if you're going to cast a young Picard, I can just get uh, the guy who does the young... Uh, Tom Hardy? No, not Tom Hardy. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hardy played a clone young, of Young yeah, Picard. He played a clone well, of Young Picard. Way before he got big. <laughs> well, actually, that And I mean too. both physically and, like, popular-wise. But I would get, uh, yeah, he I was can't remember skinny. the guy who plays Xavier in the... Oh, um, James McAvoy. McAvoy. James, yeah, just do James McAvoy. Also does a great fucking... McAvoy has pretty openly been like, if you wanted to cast me as Picard, I don't mind being... <laughs> I, don't, like, I, I don't mind being typecast as everything Patrick Stewart does. You want to cast me as Gurney Halleck? <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, I would have been so happy. No, do you know the reason why we all knew Cumberbatch was Khan? Star Trek was, Two, because he was the second choice on the call list. The first choice being, and who turned down the role, Benicio del Toro. Who would have been so much better at the role? Oh, so much. better. If you're trying to cast Benicio del Toro for anybody in Star Trek, though, it it's is Khan. obviously Khan. Uh, they actually came up with like an argument for why he doesn't look like Ricardo Montalban, <laughs> and it was literally like because it would have been too aware. Because I mean, Spock in the original, I think, is called Space Seed, the very yeah. first Khan episode. Pretty immediately, he's like, I'm pretty sure that's Khan Noonien Singh. <laughs> I've I've read your Earth history. That's that's like one of the greatest tyrants that's ever lived. You know, 
quote unquote great. We should probably do something about him. Uh, Just a quick little neck snap. So there was. <laughs> Or, He's asleep. Yeah, right. Uh, we just did the Neelix episode where we debated ethics. We're not getting into that one. Um, but then they hired a fucking white British guy for him. And really, it was whitewashing. But they were like, no, uh, they did plastic surgery to hide his identity so no one would find out that it was... It's bad. They just hired him because Sherlock already plays the augment bullshit. And he did... Whether you like Sherlock or not, like the TV show, he does a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. He... I'm not wildly fond of that series, but I thought that the act did good jobs. Yeah, I like it, but also, on the whole, it's a Moffat show, so it's a little The more I watch it, the less I like it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep thinking back on how... I, I want to say it was eventually revealed that, no, that was actually just Ricardo Montalban, but I believe the rumor for a long time was that that was a rubber chest that he was bearing all the time. No, I'm pretty sure it's a rubber chest. Is it a rubber chest? I don't know for sure, but that's how I've always... Because that's kind of old Ricardo, too. In like, Wrath he shouldn't be that cut. Con, the second Star Trek movie, which is the others we knew was fucking Con, like Star Trek 2, mm-hmm. and then Star Trek 2, technically 12, but still. In the original series, he's got, like, just, like, a nice red, like, silk shirt, and then later on, he's got the post-APOC kit from uh, SETI Alpha 5, and he's got this, like, huge open chest piece. Like, it goes down to, like, just above the nipples and, like, straight across. I want to look up a picture of this again. I want to see if that's uh, An ultra-wide U-neck? Yeah. A deep, ultra-wide U-neck? With, like, piping around it just to really drive home. And this is relatively old Ricardo Montalban. This is the early 80s Ricardo Montalban. And he fucking... That is a peck. That is, like, even if they're just, you know, using, like... What do you think? Rubber chest? Mmm. Ah. I don't know. He's got some tits. That is some, like, Chris Evans, Captain America chest. Like, but only from the standpoint of, like, it, it seems, like, literally in unproportionally good in some of the photos. I, I think it might not be. My money would be on it's not real, but I could be wrong. Apparently the director for Wrath of Khan is pissed about getting asked about it and insists that it was all Ricardo. Nicholas Meyer. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's the thing I get asked most. Was Ricardo Montalban's chest real? Eh, okay. It seems more like it just had good makeup applied to really bring out the curves. That <laughs> that could be it. That's probably what I'm what I'm seeing at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those are some those are some titties. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it for today, folks. Uh, do we have anything else? Like, I nope, that's I right. That's I was myself, like, but like, what's the ship we're gonna do? But no, we stopped talking about the Botany Bay a while ago. Oh yeah, we got it's Con ship. It's Con sleeper ship. It looks kind of goofy. It's got ion engines. Uh, you, you got everything. The exact year was 96. Yeah, I was not going to get that. And the Botany Bay was named for the location in Australia of the first penal colony. That's some dark shit. Okay. Anyway. But otherwise, you got it all. So that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and Ian Ford for our theme song, Tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away. Up, up, and away.